Hi, I'm Sebastian Gerner. I am the editor of Deadly Class and Southern Bastards, and the writer of Scales and Scoundrels, and the co-writer of Shirtless Bear Fighter. And you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. That's going to sound different. No, I mean, just the way you approach it, too. He doesn't usually break the syllable of the woo and the who. It's more like one sound. Yours is a distinct woo and who. So when we echo that, it's going to sound very different. I'm interested and, to hear what it sounds and like. And he also goes high on the who. He does. Yeah. I, I would never be able to get my voice as high as he gets it. He's like the uh, Bobby Brown of our new edition. Well, I was going to say Michael Jackson, but... That implies, mm, that I don't know if it's that falsetto. Yeah. But he's, he's missed. Already. I, I know. It's People true. are already turning, they're already, they're already pressing stop on their, on their, <laughs> and they don't even MP3 know you. players. <laughs> Who has an MP3 player anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you call these things these days. I don't even smart have devo- one. On smart devices. Yeah. But it's all good. You, pro- you probably didn't know this, but Apple reported their earnings tonight and, uh, they told the street that they're not going to report how many units they sell anymore because they don't think it's important. <laughs> and the street very much disagrees with that viewpoint. Why would they come to that conclusion? They want to be known as, uh, you know, a services company, right? Where the where the devices are basically just a mechanism for you to use them as the for all the things that we use them for, which is fine and dandy. But when you're selling hundreds of billions of dollars of hardware. And you've told people how many units you've sold always and forever. You can't just take that away. Right. People, you can't. You can't take something away from from investors. They they do not like that. People were losing their shit. Stocks down about eight percent. Wow. Which for I mean, it's a trillion dollar company, so that's a lot of money. Yep. And it just I don't understand how if the machine is built on numbers and they come in and say we're going to hide those numbers. <laughs> it's, how, it's, how did they expect that to go over well? Hence the consternation, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I get the rudiments of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not that thick. Well, least, you are thick at, in all least, the right places. At least not up above not my neck. Right hey, everybody! It's eleven o'clock comics episode five hundred and seventy-one. Yes, and I am Vince B. And I am not David Price, but I am Jughead Jones. Ah, I didn't watch it yet. While you're on the subject of the Archie characters, did you watch the Sabrina? No, I have it downloaded, but I have not watched it yeah, yet. Yeah, same, same. But you're not Jughead Jones. Do you p- do put a good amount of food away when you're hungry? You're Jason Wood, everybody. And if you didn't notice already, we are missing one leg of our uh, tripod here, and that is David Price. He's not able to be with us tonight. Uh, the move is um, complicated. But with good reason. He, yeah. Everyone can relate to this. He He is waiting in vain for his service providers to hook up their new digs but but and i know he's salty about it because you know david hates missing episodes but i will say he's probably not thinking of it this way right now but but it's it's for a great reason because my dude and his lovely bride are they successfully sold their albatross of a house that drove them nuts (laughs) i don't know if you should say that no they did dap is an open book he talks about it all the time on the facebook I, i know he, he that house was cursed for them. Power outages, all that stuff, and they bought a beautiful new home 
new construction in a town much closer to their work with a lot more going on. And uh, all of that happened this week, and I think it went swimmingly. Uh, so presuming that uh, the cable company hasn't disappeared off the face of the earth, he will be back with us next week in all of his new home glory. There you go. Next week meaning Sunday? <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> what do you care? You're not going to be around. Next Sunday I won't be, no. This, oh, next Sunday? Yeah, next Sunday. Oh, this Sunday you're going to be around? Yeah, shit, yeah. Shit, all right then. Pencil that in. I may have to now. Is there a spot in that massive schedule for a little? Let's go off to see. I don't know. But uh, I know who does have a spot in their schedule for all of us. Who Discount Comic Book Service. Hell yeah. DCBService.com, where they got all the books you want at the money you want to pay. But unfortunately... What with it being Halloween, we have just entered the limbo phase. We are in the negative zone. The zone where they do not have the forthcoming list of specials posted. Yet, they will be coming soon. But rest assured, once they do post them, the discounts will be both plentiful and massively deep. So do not tarry. Get yourself to dcbservice.com and just look at all the books you missed. Look at the list. of They do have the list of specials up from last month. So if you're not a DCB service subscriber, look at the amount of money you will save. 45, 50, even more percent off. It's just crazy. And it's not a secret, right? DCBService.com. Get there. Save money. Don't be silly. No doubt. It's true. No doubt. Yeah. I don't like them. Never I got it. I got to tell you something. Uh, since we're talking about our lovely sponsor, yes, they have been our sponsor from Jump all that time. Uh, I have been a I have been a customer since before we did the show. Um, we are, I think it's fair to say we consider the Merkelers our personal friends. Hell yeah! And we talked this about this about a month ago when it was announced. They surprisingly opted to. Um, relocate back to their original destination of Fort Wayne, Indiana after a multi-year, very calculated, very logistically intensive relocation to Tennessee. They were moved to Tennessee in the hopes that it would uh, streamline and improve their already excellent customer logistics because they were locating right next to DCB, sir, uh, to, to Diamond. Um, for reasons that I, I don't know, I don't know the whys and wherefores, but but they acknowledge that it didn't go according to plan. Uh, it was still a, the best service around, but you know, real talk, there were there were there were hiccups, right? There were right. there were some 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 issues, some logistical issues that were not present for all the years they were Fort Wayne. So they're back in Fort Wayne, and I figured there would be at least some adjustment period. But I don't know about you, because I know you do monthly, but I get them weekly, dude. It's better than it was before they moved to Tennessee originally. I always got my shipment. Like clockwork on Friday. Every week I'd get it on Friday. I'm getting my shipment on Thursday now. Look at you. Dude, a day. Books come out on Wednesday. Yeah. They're getting it to me on Thursday. That is crazy. hella awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's probably a an all eyes on everything period for them. They got they they may think they have something to prove why I don't know. They've they've proven everything right in the past. But I'm I'm guessing that they want to prove that the move was the best choice and and that they were correct in assuming that it would get better and it is mm-hmm. i haven't gotten my box yet but um we'll it's see box. it's in the box it's ahead 
you got any thank yous? I don't. I I do. What the hell? And it is a it is a bafflingly awesome one. Like what? one of those where, where I'm 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 verklempt and I'm not even sure I can do it justice on the air. Well, all right, do tell. Christopher Hubble. Nice. Chris Hubble. Love. Much love. Much love. Long time member of the family. Love his telescope. But Absolutely. <laughs> Long time member of the family. Yes. Hit me up for my address. Uh, told me packages on its way. Now, I come home from work today. And my wife says, uh, you got a package. Did you buy some art that you didn't tell me about? <laughs> Now it's it's a fair question, and I had to I had to rack my brain for a second because I always have some kind of art out there in the ether yep. that may or may not show up at any given time. But in this case, I was I was really perplexed because I didn't think anything was on its way. So I walked to the front door, and there's a huge box. How? I mean, it's like furniture size big. Get out of here. Yep. And I open it up, and it is amazingly and professionally packaged. And inside, from Mr. Hubble, is a framed and a a canvas painting. What? A canvas painting from an artist named Luis R. Luna. I don't know the connection. I'll have to ask Chris if he hears this or I'll, I'll hit him up. At, I literally opened the box before we started recording. But it's from an artist named Luis Luna. And it is a painting of Domino. It's the new Domino logo. So it's like a comic book cover painting. Where the top is the version from the comics that I prefer. And then like a playing card, if you flip it over at the torso, painted is is the movie dumb. Wow. It is beautiful. And it is absolutely jaw-droppingly uh, nice of him. I, I, it, this is one of those things where not only is the, is the painting and the gift itself awesome, but... Real talk, it must have cost a fortune to ship because it, it, it was in this huge box. It was shrink wrapped. It was backed. It was fragile. I mean, I, the whole thing. I'm just I'm verklempt. I, I, it's it's seriously a, a on the floor super nice gift. I, I I will hang it proudly in the comic room. Um, it, it's it deserves to be hung up. And uh, I'm I I got so much love. I I can't thank him enough. That so. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know the story behind it. I don't know if he asked the guy to paint it or the guy happened to have painted it and he thought, oh, what would plots? I don't know that yet. I'll find out when I when I talk to Chris. But either way, dude, I hope if you're listening, I got all the love for you and I'm, I'm raising my glass to you. Thank you, sir. And we had all the love before this happened, but now it's even... No doubt. No, yeah. I no, uh, 100%. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, that, uh, that's pretty damn cool. I, I know. I'm, you know, no, I'm not jealous at all. I mean, if even if you said it was a man thing... I'd be like, that's awesome because you got something from someone who, out of appreciation and friendship and love and all that other good happiness stuff, and and it makes you happy. So why would I be jealous? And from out of the mouth of babes, we uh, I was opening the box as we were just walking in the door from Holden's football game, where they were victorious, by the way. Um, <laughs> they are the one seed heading into their playoffs. Nice. Uh, but you know, he's nine, as you know. Yep, and he is a uh, he's a, he's a truth teller. So I'm opening the box and I pull out the painting, and he looks at me and he goes, "Real talk, not deadpan." He goes, "I don't get it. What? Why do people send you cool stuff all the time?" Like, <laughs> he's like, "I mean, all you do is talk about comics, and it can't be that much fun to listen to." Oh, <laughs> yes, it is, my son. Yes, it I said, is, sir. That's where we're gonna have to agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. 
Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh, pretty cool, right? Oh, amazingly cool. I am so, all right. I'm just a tiny bit jealous, but still. Well, listen, I'm I, glad you know, you're I happy. Know, I don't want to speak for Chris. I don't know if he's got plans for y'all. I don't. I don't know. No, I, don't know I would expect not. Okay, let's just yeah, like, no. I, I think this is one of those things I'm guessing, and again, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I'm guessing maybe he came across this. Yes, and that's even and more thought, awesome. holy shit, like would yes. love this. But but either way. Um so I tip my, my drink to you, and speaking of drinks, yep. it would be remiss of us in Dap's absence to not ask one another what we are drinking. True. I am finishing off the last drops, gently sipping with my pinky out all fancy like, of the uh Casillero del Diablo Cabernet Sauvignon. It's all gone. Okay, then. Yep, that's it. Well, hopefully it's a nice pour. It's not like just the remnants. Oh, no. It's a it's a good 12 ounces. Oh, yeah. respect. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I am drinking something I drink quite often, uh, Sterling Vintners Reserve, the Meritage. Um, I think I drank it two weeks ago, but rest assured, fair listeners, this is a new bottle. So it's not like I've been sipping on a bottle for two weeks. Right. I polished that one off, and I opened a new one. Sweet. Yep. The grape is very popular. We don't have to tell you, but I just, we've seemed to have done away with the. Uh, it's grape. It yeah, grape. It 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 does something. I don't know, but it, it it's working. It's working well. And um, speaking of working well, let's talk about some comics here, dude. Let's do it. Um, I want to start because I want to just give you some love. Ooh, what? I I I'm going to. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna verbally podcast spoon and make sweet love to each other this weekend. Oh, or, okay. It being just the two of us, okay? works, it works for me. Nice. I read finally after you and Dap, but I mean I think you led the way and then Dap joined in the fun. Um, both sang this book's praises and told me repeatedly that I would love it when I finally got around to reading it. And you were damn right. So I don't want to spend too much time on it because you already have talked about it, but I needed to shout it out on the show because it was very much worthy of the praise and the hype that you gave it. And that is the five issues that I read in a beautiful hardcover from our friends at Titan Comics, The Beautiful Death by Matthew Bublé. Mm, love it. It was fantastic. Extremely disturbing, though, right? A hundred percent crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't get what was going on like in the sense of, of the chick – uh, like, like I don't get it. Like, were there? Like, I know she was sympathetic to the queen, but sure. But it was crazy, man. I got to tell you, like, I am not, as you know, a fan of bugs, right? And the idea of them knocking boots and all those bugs just <laughs> all around them, I, I can't have that. I've had that happen. I won't get into it, but listen, I'll, I'll be real with you. I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 for our listeners. Yeah. If if I was making that sweet love, and and, and I saw the bugs. I wouldn't be able to perform. Really? Oh, I, I, I would be. I would be like Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> um, I would be running for the hills, my friend. But uh, Beautiful Death is one of those, at least for me, it leaves you hollow at the end, doesn't it? I mean, and it's, it's, uh, I, I'm trying to, to encapsulate how I felt when I read it. And, and if it was fresh in my mind, I would probably be able to do it better. But, it's one of those. You're, it, it's a, it's a combination of fear, uh, despair, and it's just it's it, it's a hollow, dead weight feeling at the end of that thing. Although it's not entirely sad, right? No. But characters are cycled through the narrative that characters. Uh, 
on which you've latched during the course of the story and then to see them just go away as if they were discarded kleenex i mean there's really no pomp or 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 grand uh passage of these characters i mean they're there and then they're not you know and it's maybe that's the point of it but um i don't know it just left me and it's a good feeling right because i don't want to be uplifted every time i read something there's room in my 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 mind for the hollow despair and the the queasy and the 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 hopelessness i i I need that once in a while Mm -hmm. yeah i i i am a mark for post-apocalyptic stories of of almost any kind so Mm -hmm. they had me there um as you noted correctly the art was was quirky but captivating and and uh stupid detail yeah, ridiculous. I mean, very much in the school of like a, a manga, a manga greats or, or or Mobius, where the backgrounds are just incredibly and fully rendered, but the the characters are a little bit more um, not cartoon, yeah, cartoony. Not well, just, you know, the characters are a little bit more um, off model. They're not like photorealistic. They're, they're no, um, they've reduced them down to the the basic element. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, whereas all the other, it, no, it was it was it was awesome. It was a super quick read too. I I I know it's. Uh, five issues but but yeah. i i devoured it to, today on the on the ride home see it took me a long time to read it oh yeah yeah each issue i mean i got them in singles stepped it too oh right right and uh they were oversized issues but it was the art that was a huge speed bump for me because yep um i would just drink in all the all the detail and especially i think the mvp of beautiful mm-hmm. death is the color palette the color palette yes. they're they're extraordinary Yes, and, and it's I, based on blue and orange, which are complementary colors, or or, mm-hmm. or uh, sea green and rust. I mean, they're they're in that zone. But oh my god, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous palette. And I have to tell the the listeners out there, the patrons, I ordered the hardcover, and then uh, our our very generous friends at Titan sent me a copy of the hardcover. Uh, so I have two copies. So at least one of them because I'm keeping the other one, will be in a care package sometime soon. Awesome. Awesome. And um, speaking of Patreon, I just want to let them in on uh, what they missed these past couple days. Do it. Yeah. What? uh, Well, we're we're amping it up with the Patreon. Yes. We're, We're going to, I mean, we have been for a long time providing content every day, whether it's the cover of the day or uh, Jason's Astrolog, in which he reread the, uh, the, a huge chunk of Astro City, and, and, and most no, actually read for the first time. This is his first time. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Astro City. So I mean, you get something every day on our our Patreon. Uh, but this is Halloween's my time. Yes. So what I did was I uh, created a thirty minute Halloween mix for our patrons. Um, all the 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 chain rattling and screaming and gurgling and bubbling that you would expect to hear from a, a Halloween mix out of me with some of my favorite uh, sounds. There's there's clips from uh, very uh, disturbing movies that are near and dear to my heart. Uh, it was just it's just my little way of taking my love of Halloween and and infecting y'all on our Patreon page. So uh, that was available. Dap just put something up. Um, a Patreon exclusive audio file that he recorded recently, which is is good because now he's not here this 
this episode. So if you wanted to hear them, there it is right there. Um, and it's just, we're trying to just heap on the layers and, and keep everyone entertained and, uh, distracted <laughs> from, um, yes. the other things in life. Uh, comics mm-hmm. are the best. So yep. we, we are trying to, to hammer that point home. The t-shirts will be coming up real soon. Uh, the logistics of those, um, are being ironed out. Uh, there may be foil involved. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and not just t-shirts, but a whole bunch of other products. Um, from what I'm told, up to, uh, 500 different things. Insanity. Yes, can be printed on. So, so we're, we're working that out, uh, super slowly, but it, it'll snowball. It'll eventually, like the, the, the wall will break and then the flood will occur and you'll all be complaining that there's too many good things out there. So, um, if you would like to check it all out, uh, what you're going to do is go to patreon.com forward slash 110-O-C-L-O-C-K-C-O-M-I-C-S and uh, revel in the four-color uh, frivolity. Let's just put it that way. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I'm, I must say, I um, because we have a EOC login to Patreon, I wasn't, as a person, a member. And the only problem with that is that I I haven't been I wasn't being a patron to other places because of that you know because obviously right. so I did finally get around to creating my own login so that I could back some long overdue campaigns that I wanted to support and um I will say I was floating around looking for just seeing what else is out there and not to toot our own horn but and I'm not going to say that we're perfect because look you know hell no no we're not perfect. But I do honestly think we put our best foot forward. I, I think there are a lot of campaigns out there. And look, more power to everybody's got to do whatever works for them. But there are a lot of places out there that basically ask you to be a patron simply to support right. their show. And that's okay. And that's cool. If, if yeah. you want to do that, I mean, that's totally cool if that's the deal. But I'm just saying, like, like you know, I wanted to make sure that we were, we were, you know, we weren't getting lapped by anybody, that we weren't really kind of. Right. dropping the ball and i have to say with all with an honest assessment i think we we are trying hard and i will say as you alluded um and i may have hinted at this a month or two ago um we we were past the year mark and uh we we are we have the skeleton of a um rejiggering of the of the tiers and the rewards and um just have to it's basically on me to make it live like we've kind of all agreed as to what it's going to look like i need to just go in and, and do it right but i will say two things on it one you know as we as i hope you everyone knows listening um we have many 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 thousands of you that listen to the show we love that you listen and it'll always be free so it's not like you know you have to feel compelled to to be a patron that's that's not 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 necessary but if you do feel like it or you want to check it out i will say that i think when we do the rejiggering, we're even going to be more accessible from everything from like, you know, very, very inexpensive, but you're going to get some kind of content pretty much every day to, I think we're going to do some cool stuff. Cause you know, we have certain tiers that I think we've crushed probably most notably the, uh, the care package tier. Yeah. 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 Which is ten, you know, if you, if you are a backer for $10 or more per month for at least six months, we send you a care package. And I think again, this has not turned out to be like uh, we're going to send you two random comics from our, our long box and hope you enjoy it. We have put together very lovingly, carefully curated care packages that amount to, I mean, I would say one on average, what, four or five trades worth of content on average, would you say? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. In, initially, when we were finding our sea legs, uh, we were loading up the boxes like crazy. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the initial orders, or not orders, I don't want to call them that. The, the initial Patreon boxes were massive. And then we thought, okay, this is not sustainable. I mean, it's great. And, and we re- rewarded those that the, the early adopters, but it, it, it kind of leveled out to where you're getting now four or five trades worth of stuff. In the, yeah, in the beginning, exactly. I mean, it wasn't out of, um, question to, to get 10 trades. I mean, we were really yeah. chalking these things. I sent Carlo a, uh, absolute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we've crushed it with that. And I think that's that's been a great one. Whereas, again, bluntly, there have been a few tiers where we haven't delivered and not as much because we like actively dropped the ball, but more because we what we wanted to do just hasn't been as feasible as we'd hope. Like, for yes. example, there's a tier where um, we are supposed to host a monthly web chat meetup. And we, I think, all intended for it to be a thing where we'd all kind of be able to see each other and chat and interact. And the technologies that we tried to use so far haven't been that. It's been more like if we want more than a handful of people on at once, they kind of just all have to watch us. So it's like we're doing the right. show with video. And you and would that's think, not we like in this time, in this day and age, that there would be something that well, would allow. Well, here's the thing. And, and again, we were, uh, since we're going down this road, we were pretty much ready to scrap that since we haven't been able to deliver on it for something else cool. But I did want to mention to you guys, one of our patrons did did send to me that I think with the new iOS update, there there's a, a new FaceTime that I think will support up to like 100 concurrent users. Wow. Something like that. I have to go back and look. I, I bookmarked it. And uh, again, I'm not sure that it's per, it's going to be what we need, but but I think the technology is getting there. I, I think so. We're not abandoning that idea, but I think we agree that we didn't want to make it a tier where if we can't deliver it to our expectations, we give you something else. So we have some other cool things planned. Yep. Um, a lot of shows seem to do two things with their content. Uh, they either give you an early access to their show by being a patron, or yeah. they give you shows that you can't get otherwise yeah and i think i mean again i don't want to i mean daf's not here but we've had talks about this i I think i'm speaking for you both though i think the the getting it early it seems to be something that people groove on but i'm not quite sure like no what what the value is to that yeah i I dislike that right like yeah like it's cool that again if other shows do it and you love it that's cool it just seems a little weird to me like I, i mean if I listen to a show, especially a weekly one, and I'm getting it every week, do I do I care that I'm getting it a day ahead of everybody? Right. If you got um, it early and got extra, like say yeah. if, say if we put out a two hour show and the early people got a two and a half Correct. or a three hour show, then yes, that's a reason right. to to buy so into you're, that. You're you're hinting, so I think, it, but but where I think we are coming around is the idea of providing patrons with additional audio content, whether it be outtakes or overruns or even special episodes where um i think where we have agreed is that um and again nothing it'll be formal when it's formal but um but i do think we've talked about the idea of we have a cool idea of a new type of episode and if we end up doing that what we probably would do is we would give it we would it would be one of those things where because of the type of episode we would we would the patrons would be able to interact with us before we did the episode about it, help shape it. And then they would have access to it for a pretty decent amount of time before uh, 
the main feed got it. But eventually we would give it to the main feed, probably like three months later. Sure. Because it would be a little more, um, I don't know, I don't want to sound markety and say uh, Greenfield, but it would be more timeless. It would be more thematic. We wouldn't have right. to necessarily worry about it being outdated. But And, uh, and that anyway. doesn't mean that we would take a week off. On those. No, no, no. no we would, that would just be additional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so enough talk with the Patreon. But again, thank you for your support so far. Stay tuned. We will be updating it into year end. Um, hopefully, you mm-hmm. like the updates. And as always, we will not take anything away. Like we're gonna, like anything we change or update, it's not going to be like removing something that you're already paying for. Yes. So, yeah. We're going to enter into your end. Now let's talk about some comics. All right. I am getting caught. In, well, I I've caught up. On Bendis's Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw that. Yes, I I read. It took you long. Enough. I know. I'm, I'm a jerk. Um, I read. So this is through the Angela and Thing membership. Yes, and okay. and Agent Venom. I read Guardians. I read all this a long time ago, so I'm trying to keep track. Sweet. Well, at least you'll know what I'm talking about. Love the Venom stuff, by the way. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I read Guardians of the Galaxy: New Guard, uh, Volume Three, Civil War Two. And I read Guardians of the Galaxy New Guard Volume 4, Grounded. And that Volume 4 wraps up Bendis' run. Why didn't you read Volume 3? Because I read that last time. I read Volume oh, 3, right. okay. three yeah. and 4. I read 1 I and 2 it. last time. Um, I got to say, this Volume 3 starts off with what was uh, Marvel's offering for a free comic book day in, I'm guessing, 2016 was uh civil war two yeah and uh have you read civil war two yeah i have the hardcover okay um Actually, it may have given hardcover away in a pa- in a patron package i i really don't blame you because i think um not having read anything other than this free comic book day snippet that's included in this guardian trade and it's beautiful because jim chung is is in charge of the art right it's man. It, it's gorgeous but um the the premise the the uh the germ of civil war 2 is extremely flawed has bendis never read the original civil war because <laughs> I, I don't know the tony was the the main proponent for the superhero registration act which which was a um, in my eyes, a stomping on personal freedoms requ- mm-hmm. requiring all superheroes to, it's exactly what it says, to register with the government, detailing their powers, their location, basically giving up all of their information to the government just on their say-so. We want to know where these heroes are uh, and villains, uh, what they're doing, what they can do, and it, and that's what brought Steve and Tony to to blows. Was that Steve said no? It's unconstitutional. It's not. You're you're taking away these these personal freedoms. And in Civil War Two, you have Ulysses, a man that was exposed to the Terrigen mists and can see the future. So Carol Danvers says, wow, this is very useful. We, we should protect this guy. We should listen to what he says because we can head off a lot of big, bad, bada boom at the pass. This is something that, that's worthwhile. And in, in, in his visions, he sees um, Thanos coming to Earth. So 
um, the uh, Carol and her her group kind of head off Thanos at the path. Uh, and in the process, She-Hulk is gravely injured, and Rhodey apparently, as I said, I haven't re- read the whole series. Rhodey's apparently killed, and uh, Carol and and Rhodey had a thing. But the thing that gets me is the other side of the equation is Tony Stark saying that Ulysses, th- this information is not a good thing. The dude that trampled on personal freedoms and wanted all the information revealed to the government is now saying that this information should not be known. It's, it's ridiculous. I now I don't know. I haven't read the, the Iron Man series between civil war and civil war two. So maybe the character of Tony Stark has significantly changed over time. I don't think that's the case, but, but maybe he has, but how can anyone who's read civil war, come to this conclusion that yeah that's exactly what tony would do no he wouldn't this event was completely lifeless for me yeah the premise is jank it was the event that legitimately finally broke me of the cycle of reading events um for the sake of it um you tapping oh i'm sorry it was my wine glass i'm sorry it was my wine glass cut that shit um uh, n- nervous energy. It's um, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, you, you know, I'm a huge Carol Danvers fan, and I, I just struggled with this whole storyline from jump. I, I didn't understand, like you said, Tony's position, her position. Um, I, I didn't. I I, 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 it was hard to ignore the whole that we're working the Inhumans into it because that was at the point where Marvel was trying desperately to make the Inhumans right the X-Men replacement and it just felt forced on every level. Right. But it is the cause that gets the guardians back to earth, which is okay. I guess it was worthwhile then. And sent alpha flight into space and sent. Yes, I was, I I had (laughs) not known that. And alpha flight makes an appearance in this first volume. They, they, They were in space from that point until just now. Like they pretty much just came back from space, but it's not all of alpha flight. Mm, No, I guess not. No, it's Sasquatch and puck and, um, um, uh, North stars sister, um, Aurora, Mm -hmm. you know, and agent brand is now a member of alpha flight, which is super cool with me. You know, I love agent brand, but, uh, so it, the Civil War Two is the thing that gets the Guardians to Earth. The status quo is um, the Guardians liberated a Badoon prison planet. And in doing so, they freed uh, Angela, my girl. Uh, Your girl. Peter and uh, Kitty Pride have a thing, a romantic thing, which Indeed. I like much better. I think it feels more natural than than the other Peter, who is just a big stick in the mud, uh, a chrome stick in the mud. I, I, I like Star-Lord, or Peter Quill, much better. Apologies than, to Vander. Than, than Peter. on your heart. I'm just saying, um, it just seems like the, the, the Kitty Colossus thing is played out, and now it's proven to, to, <laughs> well, to, to not work. just left him at the altar. Yeah, so. So, well, maybe she's going back to Peter Quill. Who knows, mm. right? But uh, the thing is, they're, they're, the heroes in Civil War II, hero versus hero, but within the Guardians uh, 
family, there's hero versus hero, because um, Carol doesn't want to tell Gamora that Thanos is imprisoned on Earth. And Peter half-heartedly goes along with it because he knows how Gamora is, right? She knows Thanos is, is on Earth. She's going to rip the place apart. And that's not what they want. Um, and so they eventually find out that Thanos is on Earth. And Gamora does her level best to uh, to take him down. But, uh, and I believe it's in Volume 4. It doesn't happen at the end of Volume 3. But long story short, Gamora turns the other cheek, which I thought was a great ending to that. Well, we know she, it was only brief because in Infinity Wars, and it, there's a different outcome uh, with yeah. the Gamora-Thanos relationship. But um, no, I, I think Bendis, I think the work Bendis did in Guardians was better than the work Bendis did of what I've read of Civil War too. It just, this Guardian stuff fe- feels natural to me. It doesn't feel, it's not super jokey like Bendis tends to get. It's the, 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 uh, relationships between the characters and the dialogue. It just feels natural. It doesn't, it's not forced at all. Um, so there's a split. And at the end of this volume, Annihilus is conferring with the Brood Queen and says, uh, you know what? Guardians are on Earth. I think we got to take them out. And uh, the Badoon are involved as well. And um, the Volume 4, Grounded, is basically a, a series of vignettes, character vignettes, some of which get resolved, some of them don't. Like uh, the first one is, is uh, Ben. He's brought into S.H.I.E.L.D. to uh, do some snooping on Victor Von Doom because uh, supposedly Von Doom's a good guy now and Mary Jane... Yes, the the scourge of the the Parkerverse ma- makes an appearance in this book, Bruh. because she's suckling at the the dick of Tony Stark. Um, what happened to us making sweet verbal love? Well, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, Ben saves her from whiplash, and she tells him, "You know what? We, we got our eyes on Doom, and I, I why don't you, you know, uh, join the fold and and see what's up and." Um, so the, the uh, Ben becomes a uh, uh, satellite shield agent, and he does a little snooping on on Doctor Doom. But it never goes any farther than Ben getting the the shield logo on his in his nice stretchy new top. We never see. Maybe it plays out, or, or what we've uh, what he learned led him to the events in Marvel Two and One. I don't know, because uh, I lost track of Ben after this Guardian stuff. And then the two-in-one stuff, like, I don't know what Ben was doing in, in that period. Do you? Uh, I did, but I'm struggling now. Right, all. right. There's a Groot uh, solo issue, which is basically written like a children's book, which is great. Um, then we go to, um, there's a Spectrum, Aurora, Sasquatch, and Ms. America, who I have zero knowledge of um i'll try and stop gamora from killing daddy there's a really neat relate and you probably remember this there's an extremely beautiful relationship between angela and gamora do you remember the, the the page where angela says i i know you were the one 
that convinced the guardians to come free me. And uh, Gamora's like, you know what? You shouldn't have got kidnapped. And Angela puts her hand on her on Gamora's arm, and she says, no, listen to me. I know it was you. And Gamora doesn't say anything. And they look at each other. It's like these two characters belong together, I think. I love the Gamora-Angela relationship because they're cut from uh-huh. the same – well, no, they're cut from the same cloth, right? Pretty, yeah. pretty much. Um, they'll both do, do despicable things on the, on the side of good. Uh, they're both extremely formidable warriors. Um, and there's a, there's a, an admiration and a respect between the two of them. And there's something more, but mm-hmm. they never really go that deep into it. But, um, and then the, uh, Badoon, it, uh, and Bendis's last issue is like an all star. Uh, Art Adams does some pages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's just beautiful page after beautiful page. The, uh, Annihilus, the Brood Queen, and uh, the Badoon team up and uh, with Thanos uh, behind it all at the helm and uh, team up to take out the Guardians vis-a-vis invading the Earth. That was their, their ransom. We won't uh, destroy your, your shitty little planet if you give us the Guardians. And what Angela does, Angela's the, definitely the uh, most valuable player in this entire series because what she does is behind the scenes, she kills the Brood Queen. And tells um, all the uh, ne'er-do-wells that uh, I'm uh, the Odin's daughter. And if you guys don't back the F off, I will not leave any stone unturned to destroy each and every one of you personally. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, all, they're all shit scared of Angela, as they should be, right? That's right. Yeah, she's the warrior. Um, and Thanos, again, is, is captured at the end of this, and it leads Gamora to the doorstep of, of Thanos, and she has every opportunity to kill him, and she just says, you know what? Y'all not worth it, and walks away. And they're all like, good on you, girl. But obviously it's undone because uh, uh, of the events of Infinity Wars. But, okay, there's a Bendis has um, a goodbye of sorts at the end of this volume. It's a two-page uh, letter from Bendis and in which he says, you know, I had a great time and I never thought I'd be writing a, uh, a sci-fi space opera because I'm the, the, the face down in the gutter guy and, and that's the antithesis of this um, cosmic stuff. But he says, and I'm going to quote because um, it's baffling to me. Uh, let me see. Blah, blah, blah. He says... <laughs> that um, he reread the 70s origin of Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. And he says, Quill's original origin is as strong as Spider-Man's or Superman's. It's just not, <laughs> it's just not as well known. So, yeah. I, so I said, okay, I, you know, I don't remember most of Peter Quill's original origin why don't i go back and reread those things Mm -hmm. so that's exactly what i did i cracked open let me just grab it here i cracked open my guardians oh it's heavy as hell my guardians of the galaxy the solo classic omnibus and i revisited the uh origin of of peter quill which appeared in marvel preview number four of January 1976. 
and it was written by Steve Englehart. And, and at the time, Englehart had this fascination with astrology. And, and he wanted to work in as much of the, uh, the astrology as he possibly could. Like, Peter's origin is hinged on a certain alignment of planets. And he said that the date on which Peter Quill was born can, can, is, is a real thing. The, the planets did align this way on the date that he had chosen for Peter Quill. And it's like, okay. Um, but, and, and he makes the mistake of saying that the astrology is not essential to enjoying the origin of the character. And then, okay, so why is it there then? Right? And, and in this, Peter Quill's real father takes the baby, Peter, outside and he's going to kill him because the obvious, the wife obviously had an affair. It's not his child. So he, he's going to, to kill the, 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 the baby and he gets a heart attack and the baby hits the ground, hopefully lightly, and stares up at the stars for what it specifically said an hour. And he grows up, um, you know, loving the stars and uh, he sees a UFO and um, his mother is killed by said occupants of the UFO, and that leads Peter to want to be uh, an astronaut to get revenge on the uh, it, what's later called the Badoon, but originally they weren't the Badoon. Um, I don't think the, the the origin's horrible. I just don't think it's all that great. Mm. Do you remember it? Vaguely, yeah. And and Star Lord, uh, I, I it, don't I don't want to remind you how much I paid for. For the first appearance of Star Lord. Oh well, I, I mean, I have it too, which is why I read yes, it. Yes, but you have it from probably yes. like back in the day. I have it from back. I in bought the day. it the first Heroes that I went to. Yes. How much did you pay? Two fifty. Way more than that. <laughs> really? It's going for that much now. See, yeah. see, that boggles my mind because this Star Lord is not the Star Lord in that Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think while Engelhart. And later Claremont and, and, and Starlin, they did what they could with the character. I think it's Keith Giffen and Abnett and Lanning that, sure. that made the character the, what it is in the Marvel yeah, Cinematic I Universe. So I think those, the Same Giffen. Thing with Groot and Rocket, I mean. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. I think the, the, the appearances that worked their way into the the cinematic universe are the ones that should be the most valuable this should be a curiosity it shouldn't be going for all that much because while it is the first appearance of star lord it's not it's star lord only in name peter quill is a douchebag he's an unlikable murderer and and that's what engelhart said he said he had planned to present quill in a very unlikable way and then over the course of time become the cosmic hero that we can all respect and admire. And he just, he left Marvel after doing this first story. Um, He had plans of doing a love story on Venus, a war story on Mars, like again, attuned to astrology, but uh, it never happened. And then they gave Claremont and Claremont and Byrne a stab at it. And they reworked the origin a little bit. It, it, It all still hinges on the fact that Peter Quill's mother died. And that's the impetus to get him into space, which is not unlike the movie, right? I mean, yes, Daddy was 
cosmic, and in the comics, Daddy's uh, Jay, son of Spartak. So, I mean, no, he's not ego. Um, I, I like You're Jason. I, I like Jason the better than ego. Ego doesn't make sense. I mean, I know it had to be a big thing for the movie, and and it worked in the movie, I guess. Sure. But I think the the Spartak angle is is the uh, the better one. But no, I just I don't. I mean, these original uh, Carmine Infantino does some art for these original Star War Star Lord stories. They're fun and they're they're certainly entertaining, but they're not Giffen and Amnit and Lanning. I mean, that mm-hmm. is the Star Lord we've come to know and love. That's the hundred percent agree. That's the sauce, right? Um, it is. But you have this Guardians uh, solo classics omnibus. Yes. It's crazy the amount of stuff that's in this book. It's, yeah. it, it's insane. You get the you get the first appearance of of Groot. You get uh, Rocket Raccoon, which again, the first appearance of Rocket Raccoon in Marvel Preview is not the Rocket Raccoon. Nope. That later turned up in the. I bought that the same day. Heroes from the same oh. from the same vendor. And again, like I think the preview stuff is vastly overpriced. It is, but you get a shit ton. Of Captain Marvel in here, you get Warlock, um, Incredible Hulk. You get the Rocket Raccoon miniseries by Mignola. You get. I assume the first appearance of Drax is in there, right? Oh hell yeah, Iron Man fifty five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in now, here. Now that book, by the way, is an insanely expensive book. Because oh, it's also Thanos' first appearance. Yeah, I sold that. That was one of the books that I let go when I uh, halved my collection before mm-hmm. our, before I move. And it was. I mean, be- that CGC now is in the thousands. Shit, yeah. dude, mine was about a nine. I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. And um, I bought it for me. I would have gave it to you. I I almost bought one like three years ago for 550 bucks, and I couldn't pull the trigger. And that's probably four or five times that now. Yeah. Silly, but I mean, I, I I'm not. It I don't, is silly. I don't really have any remorse because I have the issue now. It's in this right. Guardian Solo Classics. Or, so I'm fine with it. But yes, I did have Iron Man 55, and I let that go. Sure. Um, the ones I did keep were um, most of the single issues presented in this book I own in, in, in singles. The, the one I don't is the, the – I, I do not own the first appearance of Groot, um, and I don't have that Iron Man 55. But the majority of the books in this – I have in, in single form, but it's nice to, to be able to lift this massive hardcover off my shelf and just spend some time with it. And you know how much I paid for this? $25. Twenty five $25 at Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was money well spent, let me tell you. So, I mean, that's just me re- revisiting or, or visiting for the first time Bendis' Guardians. Um, now I'm going to move on to the Duggan stuff, which thankfully is presented in one volume. I don't have mm-hmm. to go chasing down these hardcovers. So next time you hear from me talking about Guardians, if it's not the forthcoming series that's solicited in this month's previews, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be the Duggan stuff. Cause I, I, and, and Cooter, right, worked on that. So I, I haven't read any of that. Yes, that is correct. Nice. Long-winded as usual, but hey, we're having fun. Who cares? My dude, did you read Mars Attacks number one yet? My dude, I looked at the art. I didn't read it yet. Yeah, well, uh, we could save it. I just, I um, I know you're a huge fan of the property. Yes. And uh, it's always news for our faithful listeners when I'm 
reading a dynamite book. It's not that often. <laughs> it's true. But it, as you alluded, the art uh, it was it's written by Kyle Starks with art by Chris Schweitzer. Yep. And they are a long time collaborative partnership. Probably best known for Rock Candy Mountain. Yes. Among other things, but I think uh, they have a kismet. They're good buddies, and they they look they the the Chris's art is is very simple. It's very very almost comic strippy, cartoony. Um, it's not what you might think um, of when you are used to, if you've read other incarnations of Mars Attacks. But I'm a fan of them, especially as a teen. Um, and I thought it was it was wild, the first issue, because yeah. it it definitely takes a different tact. It It is, I guess, at least at first, going to be the story of a young slacker who can't hold a job. He's just gotten fired from his seventh job this year. And his dad, who is a war veteran and a, you know, elderly war veteran who is in an old age home. And they are on the run from the, from the Martians. Um, and I think that, uh, it's an, it's an intriguing premise. The cool thing about Mars attacks. And I thought the movie, I don't know what you thought. I thought the movie was great. Um, I love it. Yeah, I thought the movie was fantastic. Uh, they, they, the cool thing about it is the Martians are, they don't, in, in all the incarnations I've read of Mars Attacks or the movie, uh, from what I've seen, they, they don't fuck around. No. They, 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 they kill and they win, basically. Mm-hmm. At least they, 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 they win initially. They come in and they wreak havoc to us. Um, and that's what happens here. I mean, these guys are in a suburb, but, it's been a few days since the Martians invaded and they have taken over the major cities and wiped them out. <laughs> and now they're making their way to the suburbs and they are laying waste to this suburb, including the old age home. And uh, our protagonists barely escape with their lives quite literally <laughs> and are hiding out in the woods uh, at, at the end of the issue, wondering, well, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And, and the old dad who's got his, his military veterans hat on and says, well, we're going to fight. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So I, I think the uh, Schweitzer's art, or um, not Schweitzer. Um, yeah, yeah, Schweitzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a welcome change. Uh, McCray did the bulk of it at IDW, yeah. and that was great. Yeah. I mean, McCray's great, but mm-hmm. I I like this very clean, almost gestural, almost Kurtzman esque um, approach, and the fact that the the comic is self referential. Like when yeah. they're watching the news on TV, they have actual Mars attacks cards. Yep. Just the setup of the the the, uh, the graphic approach to the the way the tops originally did the Mars Attacks cards on the screen, and it's just that it's it 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 just reaches into my heart, and it just it's it's massaging. It's like we love you, we do, we love we know you love this stuff, we love it too, and and we're going to prove it. And I think I, I mean I like I said I didn't read it, but I'm looking at it now. And, uh, yeah, it's just great. Uh, the, the, the cartoony style lends itself very well to the Martians. I mean, be, because they're over the top, right? It's, sh- I think yep. it, it, it should have been cartoony, not all along. I mean, it's neat that, mm-hmm. um, some of the greats have, have touched this property. Eric Larson did a Mars Attack story and, um, Giffen wrote it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Over, over at Tops. But, um, yeah, there, if, if there's one thing I will always buy sight unseen, it's a Mars Attacks series and this is just more of the same yep yes good start hacked it to dynamite got to give him love when i when i can yeah it's it's super and the 
borderline flat colors, thank you very much. <laughs> you love that. Love my ass some flat colors. You do. You yeah. do. Yeah. What um I, I know our uh I know our hot book of the week that people probably are dying to hear us talk about is Heroes in Crisis number two. Yep. <laughs> You're funny. Um so it's the second of seven, right? Yes. Yeah. No, actually it's been extended to nine. Okay. Yeah. Second of nine. Um Written, of course, by our, our good friend Tom King, who was on the show a few weeks back. Uh, pencils by Clay Mann. And uh, actually, Travis Moore, was it, that did a few pages in this one? I'll tell you in a second. There were a few in, in the middle of the book that uh, were not drawn by Clay. Right. The flash pages weren't drawn by I Clay. I think Travis Moore, I think, is his name. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. A um, couple thoughts. One, uh, and you made this remark to me. And you beat me to it because I was going to make this remark to you. Uh, I am a massive fan of Clayman's art. Yep. And Clayman on a bad day is better than quite a few working artists on their best day. But if I'm being fair and keeping it 100, this issue looked to my admittedly untrained eye, but let's be honest, I, I think I'm pretty good at deciphering art Yep. Um, as being rushed. It, it, I think the level of detail, which normally with clay is painstakingly beautiful was lacking. And I think maybe if this was insert other artist, per, you know, I, and I didn't have a, a clear snapshot of what I'm used to seeing from him. I may not even have noticed. So I don't want to say that the art was not up to snuff, but I think if I were to objectively hold a class, like say you teaching your, your, your college course, and I were to put up slides from the first issue and slides from the second issue, I think an objective analysis would argue that the second issue is not as on point. Right. Um, there are telltale signs other than the fact that it looks like it was uh printed from just darkened pencils and 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 color art mm -hmm. they if you look at the the ivy page every instance where they could duplicate already finished work they did yeah. the on on her cleavage in the first panel look at the highlight and the color on the mm -hmm. cleave in the second panel. They duplicated the color work. They duplicated the pencil work. Um, it's just, it just seems like they, it, it's, it, like you said, it's an extremely rushed job, but it's, it's a tip of the hat to claim man where it's not, it still, uh, evidences his skill with figure drawing and composition and sequentials like i mean it's not unreadable by any means it's still right. a, it's still a good time it's just that when this is collected in trade format the difference between issue one and issue two in terms of polish is going to be glaringly apparent mm -hmm. um the splash page is still rushed but it seems like the two pages on which clay spent the most time because i mean the composition's killer and the, you know just the, the the way we got a top-down view of harley and the penguins that's a great great page it is it is um but uh, as you said like it's just fabric and i mean some of this stuff looks like 
Gene Colan, not inked by Tom Palmer, just like plain old Gene Colan pencils. Mm-hmm. And that's while that's not a bad thing, that it not that wasn't exactly issue one. I mean, issue one was buff to a beautiful shine. This is is not. This is not that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, um, you're not I, feeling this that much, right? Yeah, I, I shouldn't say that because uh, he has me intrigued. In in this issue, we're led to believe that Harley's on the level. And Booster actually did do the killing uh, because um, Flash investigates it uh, in however many seconds it took him to do so and comes back and has a severe mad on for Booster. What did you do? And he punches him and because his, his boo, Wally, uh, was one of the casualties yeah. under Booster. So Barry's not happy at all. Um, I... I uh, I don't know what to believe. It's a good feeling, being uncertain and, and out adrift and, and not knowing what's going on. That's that's fun, but um, I, I like the the revealing uh, confessionals by the, the, the heroes like Bruce actually showing some emotion mm-hmm. is a good thing. Uh, we expect Clark to show emotion, but um, not so much regret over just the way he's done things from the beginning. Yeah, right. That that was kind of crazy, um, the alter ego. Uh, and while he's talking about maybe the alter ego wasn't a good thing, he's shedding the guise of Clark Kent, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was very and, poignant. And Wonder Woman being the stoic, not really being able to open up and share. That was surprising. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was kind of surprising. Um, I, I, like I said, I don't dislike this, this at all. It's just that after two issues, I, I don't know any more than I, than I know after the first. Um, are we to believe that Harley's not lying because she was touching the lasso? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's going to have something to do with, the idea that truth is as much one's perception of reality as it is. You know what I mean? Like I have a feeling her truth is her truth, but, but it's not necessarily exactly what happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she could have been very selective in her timing on when, I mean, to I'll stick with what I said lasso. after the first issue, which is, I don't, I don't think because Tom is way too intricate as a plot developer I don't think the killer was was either Harley or Booster. Sure, it could be someone that can cloud minds. Yeah, in, in which yeah. no, I mean I'm saying I think it's someone. It may it may not even be anyone that we've right thought about yet. But I I don't think it's it's either one of them. Well, the fact Harley confesses or reveals the truth while touching the lasso, if it's the truth as she saw it, mm-hmm. it would not cause a blip with the lasso if someone got into her mind and made her see booster kill all these heroes right and she believes it to be the truth then the lasso is going to register that so that that's neat um it's 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 a very different dc story um that's a good thing uh in the panel where the 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 uh when they're they're working on steel and the light shining up on Batman, that's straight Gene Colon. I mean, look at that panel. It looks like Gene drew that. 
which you're is, right again that's a compliment um mm-hmm. but it's 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 very uncomfortable which is good i like that too um so yeah i guess i do like this it's just i mean when we're presented with something that's atypical that's not our, in our standard diet it takes a while for us to register the taste and the feel and the the consistency and everything that's going on so maybe i just have to chew on this for a while um I like it. I just mm-hmm. I, I I don't know whether it's a taste that I'm 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 relishing right now. I still have to get a feel for it. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean Tom's great. Of course, uh, we all know this. That's that's redundant to even say but it. But of course, and the nine panel grid, awesome. Uh, it's I I don't think Booster did it either. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And and he leavens the the darkness with a a, a penguin playing cards. Like that's fun, right? And the, just the facial expressions on the penguin is 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 worth the price of admission for the second issue. So yeah, um, I'm just a little worried with the extension of the two issues. Like, mm-hmm. d- I wonder how significantly Tom is altering his approach. Right. And whether that was dictated by editorial or if he said, hey, I need two more issues to, to hammer this shit out, which I would prefer the latter more than the mm-hmm. former, right? Because there's, I mean, it it sold well, which is, is DC probably saying, hey, let's keep the numbers going and add two more issues. I don't know. I don't know how it worked. But um, I, I'm hoping it was Tom saying, I, I need more space, man. Yeah, man. Yep. So... I asked our faithful patrons. You did to help us out tonight. Oh, look at you! Yep, my dude. I I uh, I threw a little shout out. Told them we were uh, doing it solo uh, duet style, and uh, to see if they wanted to have any talking points. And um, you know, some of them were being funny. They got jokes. They so always got jokes. They always is... got jokes. <laughs> so uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna parse through some of them. But uh, okay. But but. But two that are related and I always think are fun, and I think we've probably covered these in different ways over the years, but what the hell. Um, since we just are wrapping up October and yesterday was uh, Halloween, um, we've and then also Red Dead Redemption 2, which is taking the video game world by storm this past week, uh, came out. Never played. We have two questions. One from Tyler Averissimo related to Red Dead Redemption, and one from – where is it? Uh – from John O'Neill. Uh, John wants to know, because in honor of Halloween, rattle off some of our favorite all-time horror comics. Mm-hmm. Non-manga, though, he said. So it's going to be hard for you. Why can't be like that? I know. And Tyler, because he's addicted to Red Dead Redemption 2 right now, would like to know our favorite Western comics. So I, uh, I'm... I assume you have a never-ending list of horror comics and yeah, probably a very pretty, small list of Western comics. It's pretty long. Um, I will sh- I will shout out, and it's great timing because the Omniboo arrived in my DCBS shipment today, and that is written by Scott Snyder with an assist in the early going by Mr. Stephen King, with art by Raphael Albuquerque primarily, along with a few others, most notably Sean Murphy. Uh, that is American Vampire. I love that series. I am from that series, and it is an absolute all-time favorite of any genre for me. Hmm. Um, another one I will throw out, which I talked about when it came out, is Beautiful Darkness, 
by Fabian Velman and Karasot, which was published by Drawn and Quarterly. Um, a super creepy book where a bunch of people, well, creatures, are living like Lilliputians inside the decaying corpse of a little girl. Um, I will um, I'll, I'll give you, I'm going to cede the floor to you in a second. Um, and I will go with for my third. Um, oh, I, yeah, have to uh, lock and key. Right. Which um, can't can't talk about lock and key without shouting out our old co-host, Chris, Mr. Neesman. But uh, it is a, a truly one of my favorite series since we've done the show for the last decade. Um, again, of any genre. So my three will be American Vampire, Lock and Key and Beautiful Darkness. Nice. There's only, there's very few of my favorite horror comics that are contemporary. Didn't say contemporary, said all time. I know. But um I mean it just it a, a question like this just forces me to look at my my loves and most of them are pretty much in the bronze age. So the requisite list you've all heard it a thousand times. Creepy, eerie, Vampirella, um, the Marvel Monster Magazines, Monsters Unleashed, Tales of the Zombie, Dracula Lives, um, Haunt of Horror, the two digests are amazing, but they're not really comics, uh, Man-Thing, Swamp Thing, uh, House of Mystery, House of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, those are the standards, right? Those, all good. Those are all the, the, the all-time greats. But... Um, I, I will add anything that Steve Ditko and Tom Sutton did for Charlton. Those okay. those crappy ass, horribly printed Charlton comics have some of the greatest horror stories, mostly um, done by Ditko and Sutton. Um, I love the eerie publications, Witches' Tales, the the garish, uh, very disturbing covers of Myron Fass's. Um, Again, hastily produced, reworked Golden Age or pre-code, let's just say pre-code horror stories that they re- repackaged for a, a Bronze Age audience. They added more violence, more nudity, and um, and he found a market. The mm-hmm. the Skywald magazines, Nightmare, Scream, Psycho, uh, Hellrider. I, I have thousands of favorite horror <laughs> comics. Um, the the Craig recently what Craig Yo has done over at IDW. With the the pre code books and repackaging them, the uh, the Dick Briefer Frankenstein. There's a Tom Sutton book. I mean, he had, I have an entire shelf in my mm-hmm. library of everything that Craig Yo has produced, and then two giant stacks of single issues that that Weird Love and and uh, the other book that he's done for um, IDW. But I'm trying to think like contemporary horror. Aside from manga, I can't say manga, which would be the bulk of the contemporary horror. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed Lock and Key, mm-hmm. I, but all-time favorite? I, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that. Well, you're more steeped in this. This is... Yeah. It's 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 rough. Um, I love what the, um, the Creeps magazine, that is mm-hmm. is in all, every sense of the word, uh, a pastiche on the Warren books. and And they have some some smashing artisan writers but they're they're working in the horror mold right um richard corbin's output for dark horse would be 
some of my all-time favorite contemporary. Uh, his his um, not H.P. Lovecraft, his Poe adaptations, and and Rat God, and um, the the Murky World, and the stuff that he's doing there. They're they're amazing. But as Richard Corbin, the love was born in the in the 70s and continues to this day. So when I say I love Richard Corbin's contemporary work, what I'm really saying is I've always had a profound admiration for Richard Corbin dating back to the 70s, and this is just the, the latest incarnation in that lifetime love. So it's not really fair to say, while it is contemporary, the love has been like almost eternal with this man. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I love Richard Sala's work. Um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. There you go. How could you? Sure. That's a uh, a masterpiece. Beset, Total Ben, Veach, Veach's Swamp Thing is is I, I love as much as Alan Moore's. Um, yeah, I can go on forever. <laughs> so, but I, I I mean that's my genre. No respect, respect. You know? um, well, then let's go to what's not your genre, which is Western comics. Yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything drawn by John Severin. In the genre, mm-hmm. uh, I love Desperados. That came out of Image. True. Uh, Cass- Got to shut up. What's that? Cassidy and and um, mm-hmm. um, Severin worked on that. Got to uh, shout out um, Blueberry. Of course, uh, Palmiotti and Gray's Jonah Hex. Definitely a modern classic. Yeah, I have um, that. That actually bound. Yes, bound I, am, I know. Uh, one that people may not think of uh, as a Western, but I certainly do, and one that I will be talking about probably next week, depending on uh, East of West. I, Hickman and Dragata. I think that's a Western. It's, a, it's Oh, I think so, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. a sci-fi-tinged Western, but it's, oh, it's definitely. Sh- certainly it's a Western. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, and another one that uh, was another favorite of the show back when it was coming out, uh, The Sixth Gun by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt. I've only read the first volume. Bruh. I know. Ugh. I suck. Well, and here's another little time. little confession. I've only read the first volume of Wasteland. You know what? It's so funny you say that because I own all the hardcover deluxe editions, and I have reread the first hardcover, and I'm not exaggerating ten times. Really? No, because I think about the book. And it it's you know post apocalyptic, and I think this is a great book, a great series. I've got these beautiful oversized hardcovers. I need to get the series, get back into it. And I I read the first collected group of the book stories, and I'm into it. And then I move on to something else, and I never get around to reading the rest. It's the craziest thing. It is. I mean, I, the first volume is all I own. I wish I had those. Um, what do they call the upscale hardcover format for the Wasteland? There's a name for it, something edition. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the uh, apocalyptic editions. Mm, yeah, I wish I had those because yeah, those are the ones I have. Dudes working today, Christopher Mitten is way up on my list. I love his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Anthony Johnson is the writer, and, right? Right. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So there you go. So those are our answers for those. Um, Here's one that's kind of fun. Uh, Chris from Comic Book DB. What's the thing that drives you craziest about the other? Meaning, personally, all of us? Me, you, and, and David? 
Yeah. The yeah, thing that yeah. drives me crazy? Yeah, yeah. Craziest, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I want to get into that. Hilarious. <laughs> I really don't. Not, especially not while Dap is away. That's well, not... I don't know that we have to throw Dap under the bus. But... No, I mean, but I mean, if you say it drives you crazy, the other person is gonna, not going to be like, oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, no, what? Like, I know stuff drives you crazy. Like, I know you get frustrated when I'm doing the fantasy stuff. No, that doesn't bother me. Yes, it does. I It bothers the character of me. It doesn't bother me personally. Like, uh-huh. I'm supposed to get annoyed with you doing the fantasy huh. stuff. That's the person that I bring to this show, but that's not sure. me. I don't give a shit what you I do. I mean, for me, for you, it would be that I, I just sometimes you – because you, you work – you have a job that isn't sitting at a desk all day. I, I, you ghost sometimes on the socials, and I'm clamoring for your, 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 your love and your feedback. I have an answer for you of what drives me the craziest about you. Did I make you feel bad about that? No, that you're extremely impatient. You, yes. you are that tapping. That's you. Like when oh, when sure. when you float out a question on the Slack and we don't answer it within <laughs> a half an hour, you're like, all right then. You know, or you, you'll, 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 you'll send some snarky, like, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. You know, like some, some kind of cheeky, yes. that, that drives me a little crazy. <laughs> it does. Because so like today when I was like great chat with you. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but the reason I, I, and I know the reason why it drives me crazy is because I want to interact with you guys more, but I just can't. Sure. So you're making me feel bad. No, I don't. I don't. You know, it is that's a okay. see, that wasn't so hard. Right. I mean, I would think that by now we better have a lot of actual love for all of each other, where we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to keep this going. So yeah, um, with Dap, Dap takes things way too personally. I think that's fair. Yeah, we'll have to give Dap the floor next week. Yeah, he doesn't drive it. It doesn't drive me crazy. Meaning, like, oh, I hate that about you. It 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 bothers me because I don't understand it. I, I I don't. We should. If he was a superhero, he'd be Atlas because he wears the weight of the world on him. Right, right. It, yeah. It's everything. He takes everything personally. Like this yeah. recent thing with the cable guy, that 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 didn't show up. Like, and he's and he's getting salty. Like, I think everyone in the world has been bumped by a cable guy. It is a universal truth that the it cable is. guy is going to be late. Yeah, but but Dapta, he just takes it like this is my luck. It's not your luck. It's just and it's just mm-hmm. a random occurrence that just so happened to impact you. I sure. love him, but he's just he takes things way too personally. Yeah, and 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 if you boil it down, it's an endearing thing. He's got a huge Oh, it's, it certainly is. Yeah. But, but yes, but I agree as a, as his friend and I, you know, we share this. I I I, I I sometimes wish he could uh, just chillax sometimes because I feel like he robs himself of some well-deserved uh, like feel-good moments. Exactly. Like being the person removed from whatever occurrence it is. Like I'm looking at it from out here and I'm, I'm looking in and I'm seeing him reacting to this. And, and I, I don't well, – the reason why I say I don't understand is I don't get why you would let something take your happiness and the time that you have – here you're you're letting this thing leech it away from you like why you're giving it power slap that bitch down by ignoring it mm-hmm. or or just pretending it's not there like yes that hasn't worked all that great for me but <laughs> but but what i'm saying is i i have no stress in my life i i am probably the most stress-free person 
ever. I, I, saying that as a person who is profoundly apathetic, I have <laughs> I have zero stress. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your answers, guys. There yeah. A <laughs> L- little bit close to the vest, but that's how we. No, are. that's all good. All right. Um, before we jump into another comic, I wanted to mention two things. Um, um, one is is admittedly not someone that we know personally. Um, that's Dwayne Swarzynski. Oh yeah. Um, well, we but, know him you know, through his work, right? So yeah, no, no, I'm saying, but we, it's not a personal friend. But but Dwayne is a. Uh, many of you probably know the name. I, I honestly don't know that he's been doing a ton lately. But he has been a fairly consistent comic book writer, and uh, probably most notably Moon Knight, I guess, right, would be his I think. biggest thing to think. Um, he's also a an accomplished um, novelist, and I know that Dap is a big fan of yep. uh, of Dwayne's novels. I have admittedly never read a novel of his, but, uh, but we are internet friends and Facebook friends, what have you. Been a nice guy, very nice guy, very uh, always been cool. Um, no, no easy way to uh, to to. to can't sugarcoat this. He 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 and his wife unfortunately lost their fifteen year old daughter this year uh, this week um, to cancer, and uh, you know that is a horrifying thing. You know, Vince and I both have teenage kids, and uh, you can't can't pretty much like your worst nightmare to, to conceptualize losing your your child. But but in any event, I just wanted to mention it because um, and, and look, I I know every take this for what it's worth, but 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 Dwayne uh, and his wife do have a. Uh, fundraising campaign in honor of their daughter Evie, um, where the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, go to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, where she received treatment. And uh, we posted the link to that campaign on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com backslash 11 o'clock comics. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, obviously, feel free to uh, check it out or, or not as you see fit. But, uh, but then one that, um, is a bit closer to home because um, I do consider the creator that's sponsoring it a personal friend. And that is Sean crystal. Um, Sean has a friend uh, named Jamie who is um, she, she, I'm trying to truncate this because it's a long story, but in essence, she, um, her home was broken into and Someone robbed her of a tremendous amount of cash that she had in a safe that she was accruing for her daughter's college. And her daughter's right about to go to college. And it's like 10 years of savings. Now, you might ask, like, why wasn't it in the bank? All that's irrelevant. The point is the woman was saving money for her daughter's college in a safe for at, and it, it, it was stolen, um, which sucks because, you know, um, and, and if you know anything about homeowners, homeowners doesn't reimburse cash. So, uh, I guess cause you can, it's, you know, fraudulent, you could, you know, whatever reason they don't, so it's gone. Um, and, uh, it, it's irreplaceable. So what Sean did and Sean, for those of you who don't know, Sean is a member of the essential sequential art group. Uh, he is, uh, he actually pretty much is a regular, you know, a regular comic artist, but, uh, uh, most recently did the, uh, juggernaut X-Men black one shot, um, just got off of a long run on DC at, uh, uh, on the bat books. Uh, but anyway, um, Sean got together a group of other artists and they are doing, uh, an art auction where everybody donated pieces and, um, it's going to be on eBay. Uh, the first they're going to do it. They're going to stagger it every week. They're going to have a handful of pieces 
and the first five pieces went up this week and it can be found at um he's calling the campaign blessings from batman so if you go to ebay.com slash blessings from batman you will see the art but uh it's pretty cool because you know sean is uh that dude he was the former head of of scad the, the head of their teaching he was the you know the i don't know if it's dean or whatever but he was the the top dog there for a bunch of years. Um, and he has art contributors, including Tommy Lee Edwards, Jim Mafu, Teo Scalera, Eric Canetti, Panosian, Rod Rice, John Timms, Dustin Nguyen, Sean Murphy, Ramon Perez, Becky Cloonan, Klaus Jansen, Tim Sale, Bengal, Rafael Albuquerque, Howard Chaikin, Mahmoud Asrar, Mike Del Mundo, Juan Doe, Declan Shalvey, Sanford Green, and Sean himself. And, uh, I think if you hear those names, you know they are all our people. They are yep. people that we have either talked about or had on the show. They're all great artists and great people. So point being, um, this isn't like just donate your money. This is check out eBay, and there's some pretty sweet art that was donated, and uh, proceeds are 100% going to um, to support uh, Jamie and her daughter uh, so her daughter can end up going to college, as was the plan. So. Uh, check that out again. It's ebay.com uh, slash str slash blessings from Batman. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's not awesome that she. Got right no, on, no. The the no. the outreach is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And uh, you know, uh, I hate to seg from that, but I'm I'm going to use it. Uh, speaking of of original art, what's this thing about comic art fans that you? Oh, uh, dude, it's pretty, yeah. So I've been really busy this week at work and I, I hadn't, I haven't been paying much attention to the internets outside of our little, little, uh, pocket. And, um, uh, on an art collecting group that I am a part of, somebody pinged me or, you know, mentioned my name and said, Oh, Hey, how cool is this? Our very own Jason Wood is comic art fans, premier collector of the week. And I did not know that. So sure enough, I went and followed the link and, I guess comic art fans takes one of their uh, premier collector members every week and makes them the collector of the week and then puts, uh, I guess we have a little bio or interview series of interview questions that we answered. I answered them a while ago, I guess, but uh, yeah, but it's got like a little interview with me and it's, it's got links to my art and uh, it's pretty cool. I've been getting deluged in my inbox from other collectors today so I, I guess it's it's widely seen but i thought that was pretty neat so shout out to comic art fan for uh for showing my collection the love yeah did you, yeah. Get, did you get like did you win anything no no i think it's just a um it's called the premiere because comic art fans is a free service but you can opt to much like our patreon you can met, you can opt to be a patron and uh you get more um uh, functionality if you do that but i am a patron i have been for a long time um and i guess they they take someone from that cohort each week and show them some love nice yeah well, good on you yeah pretty cool well pretty deserved cool. yep thanks thanks my dude it's good stuff what else what else what's uh curled your toes this week well i got up i caught up again i read three hardcovers three hardcovers uh, all written by did G- you not work this week <laughs> No, I've been staying up late. Uh, three hardcovers, all written by Jason Aaron. Word? 
Yeah, Doctor Strange, The Last Days of Magic, oh, which nice. is volume two. Uh, yes. Blood in the Ether, number three, and Mr. Misery, number four. Sweet. Well, the attraction, I love Jason Aaron, but the attraction. Yes, if I, if I got to be honest, it's Pacello is, is definitely the, the draw here for me. But I'm I'm loving what Aaron's doing with the the idea of magic. What he did, you mean? Well, what he well he's doing it here. Yeah, right. I'm just saying we've since had Donnie Cates and then right, right. Which again, uh, I will eventually talk about those because I'll, I'll someday get caught up. But um, going in with um, the these characters um, scouring the multiverse for the Sorcerer Supreme. And and taking them out, I, I gotta admit it, it. It smacked to me of Spider Verse. It seemed like the same formula, where you know they're they're scouring uh, the multiverse for all this the spider totems and and killing them and this kind of. I mean, it, it's the same basic formula, isn't it? But is there a cooler name for a group than what Aaron named the group? No. There's not. And I mean, I, the empirical? Yes. I mean, with an E, which is In cool. a world of fake news, in yes. a world where facts are treated like, like, like they're myth and where falsehoods are treated like science, to name a group that's trying to eradicate magic, the empirical, yep. is just absolutely, I, I just, my heart flew off my chest at the thought of that yeah i mean aaron invests the the time and the energy no doubt the the, the story is, is great um and and not only do you get chris Pacello, but kevin nolan who has a long time association with dr strange um no i i thought these were phenomenal uh oh hell yeah yeah great it, run great ma- run male kith and and just the the ickiness that Pacello brings to the page i love when uh, Satana enters the picture, mm-hmm. because man, she is super fine. Um, Has Bacello ever drawn a woman that wasn't super fine in an innocent, I mean, I'll, I'll cut your uh, balls off kind of way? <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they, they look I mean, like angels, but they're like devils. I, I mean, uh, what's her name from uh, Generation X was pretty gruesome. Penance was it? Is that? Yeah, but still, there was a sexiness to it. Mm. Yeah, I'm just saying. First of all, she was like 15, and she had spikes for hair. But Sorry. Um, but uh, pressing all the right buttons, Baron Mordo, um, yeah. everything that you would expect to encounter. Yeah, I love, um, and this is probably in that first volume, because you're talking, but uh, like when we learn about Stephen Strange's uh, uh, diet. Yes. Right. Yeah, he's got to eat all icky shit. Yeah, because yeah. it's just uh, the ma- the magic is taking its toll, and it's uh, there it, as Aaron ex- expressly uh, mm-hmm. says that the magic needs the, the, uh, a balance must be paid. Uh, the 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 cost for doing all this stuff, it, magic's not free, and uh, it's taking its toll on Strange. But uh, and then we get the heir apparent. To the the mantle of of Sorcerer Supreme, uh, but in in Volume Four, uh, again this is just one tiny, teensy teensy nit. Um, it continues into uh, Strange Tales, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme. 
So now I got to get another hardcover to see where. Oh no! Yeah, but that's cool. I mean, oh no! I have to buy more comics. How dare they, right? Uh, but I got them all in hardcover, mm-hmm. and, and they will occupy a very permanent uh, spot on my shelf. I love these books. Oh yeah, it was that was a great run. I really did. It's phenomenal really run. run. Um, but but Cello, and, and I hate to keep focusing on him, but f- like I said, I love his work. You can look at his art and just find something new with every every new uh encounter mm-hmm. it's it's not um he's he's not slapdash but uh how much does aaron love the orb i mean the villains in this no kidding are, i know he's yeah he's used the orb so many times yeah but it, the orb's a great villain yep and this is a a new take on satana i i, I rarely i don't think we've ever seen her as a platinum blonde which it's all right by me. So fine. Super fine. Like I want someone to dress up like that. Yep. Yep. Do it. Do it up. Uh, his Scarlet Witch is pretty good too. Hell yeah! Clowns, giant teddy bears. Doctor. Yep. Sh- I was a big fan of like the the bar with no name kind of ver- the oh, yeah. version of that. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Doctor yep. Strange getting it on with multiple women. Yep. Strange is a player. True player for real. Yep. But uh, super good stuff if you, um, if you see them. And uh, like I said, if you have a Books A Million in your uh, vicinity, I bought each of these trades for a paltry $6 and some what? cents. Yep. What is going on? I got, I got three of them for less than the price of one. Oh, my goodness. Which is why I got caught up. I, how could you pass this up? It's, it's, How could you? It's ridiculous. I, I bought the first hardcover through DCBS when it was originally solicited, read it, loved it. Um, yeah. And then it just seemed that every time a subsequent trade or hardcover was, was solicited, I always had something pushing me over the line and I never mm-hmm. bought them. So now I got the remainder of Aaron's run for less than the price of a hardcover. Damn skippy. I am one for a bargain, my friend. That is true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Cheap as AF. But uh, I got. I have other things here. This Me is, too. Um, I've been sitting on this. I don't know why. But if you get the DC Nation, which is free, why wouldn't you get it? Uh, issue number four has an awesome, amazingly informative, informative yet very short. Not not so much short. It's it's three pages, but it's chock full of information on how to color comics. By Eisner Award winner Mark Chiarello. Did you read this? Uh, no, I, I do get it. I know I box by admittedly never read it. I, I view it as the same as how I view like liner notes or interviews or director commentary. You know, it's just not my not my shti. Oh my god! But <laughs> but it it basically um, lays out his process. He goes into color theory. He takes a little trip around the color wheel. We get complementary colors, hue, value, saturation, intensity, color temperature. And it's just like if, if you were ignorant, and I, and I don't mean that in a bad way, if you never thought about the, the uh, science of color, like you just expect your, your comics to look pretty, and they should, um, but there's a science behind it. And and he lays it all out. There's, there's a, a Superman panel, that, or a series of the same mm-hmm. panel, 
about color saturation that shows it very high intensity, very high chroma color, and then a mid-range and then a low chroma, low, low saturation. And you may not be, you may not be aware of what you're seeing, but this may make you more cognizant of the steps that color artists take to make these books look so damn good. Um, so it's in DC Nation number four, the one with the, uh, in 21 days, one of these characters dies cover. And it, it it came out maybe last month or the month before. It's been sitting around, but I just thought like um, it's 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 a wonderfully um, informative piece that it's not going to kill you to read, and you're going to come out of it knowing more about the medium that you love. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Did you? Um, I don't think you've read the comic version yet because you haven't mentioned it. But um, are you familiar with Neil Gaiman's Likely Stories? No. No, really. From Dark Horse? Uh the 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 the, the comic the, the collection edition is yes, it's from Dark Horse. It just came out last week, but um it was uh, a series of short stories that he wrote at some point in the past, and it was turned into a TV show Ooh. that aired on Shudder, which I think is the horror network, right? It, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't get that network. I don't think that's part of our package. Same. Um but I know they did do those they did it. They did stories of those stories. They made it into a TV show on Shutter last year. Um, but Dark Horse, as they've been doing, has uh, this is the latest of the uh, of the game in collection that they're doing, and um, it was freaking really awesome, man. And it was really well timed because it's 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 Black Mirror esque horror type of freaky shit stories. Mm. Um, the Interlocking narrative is a, a dive bar that uh, the narrator finds himself in frequently, and he comes across people. Um, and then you delve into who these people are and their stories, and they're freaking crazy, dude. Like, there's a dude that's got a crazy venereal disease. What? And it's like, I don't want to spoil it because people should read this, but it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets Chlamydia. Wow. Yes. There is a story about an elderly woman who uh, feasts on raw flesh. Mm, my girl. There is a story about a dude who just is fixated his entire life on a certain pinup model from porn mags. But seemingly she keeps reappearing in these mags in his mind over the years and never ages. Mm. Um, and then there's a, probably the most conventional of the four stories about ghosts, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's great. And here's the, here's the hook Vince. The graphic novel was drawn by Mark Buckingham. Get out of here. Yes. Why did I not know about this? I don't know, but I know you like me are a humongous Buckingham. Seriously. As Fables was one of your favorite comics. All time, yeah. And I don't know that I've seen Buckingham uh, since Fables. Might have seen him somewhere, but I, I don't recall seeing him. Um, so it was a treat. And it's freaking awesome seeing Buckingham draw gory, naughty stuff. He draws the sex. He draws the nudity. Really? He, he draws the horror. It's great. I got to get it. You got to get it. It's uh, 80 pages. It's small. It's a novella. It's... um. Yeah, it's like it's like four single issues of of horror. 
Twilight Zone-esque stories. Hmm. And it is uh, Dark Horse, 80 pages, uh, $17.99 cover price. I assume $11.99 in stock would be my assumption. Oh, money but, in the bank. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was crazy and really perfect for the time. I mean, it's it, a perfect book to read for Halloween. It sounds a lot like, well, not the specifics in the venereal disease and the nudity. It sounds like something that Bradbury would do. Like, sure. like an illustrated man type thing. Where, sure. you know, like an anthology, a different... And it's amazing how much Gaiman has like won awards-wise. Mm, I can, he's, yeah. won, he's won Eisner's, Hugo's, Newberry's, Harvey's, Locus, Nebula's. I mean, dude has pretty much won everything but a Pulitzer. Yeah, he's still young, relatively. <laughs> what is he, probably in his mid to late 50s? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, have you been reading any of those um, new Sandman universe comics? Not a single one yet. I own them all, but I haven't read any of them. Yeah. You so you get your boxes weekly, yeah? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the the silver covers on the the this month's DC books? Or if you're not getting them in singles, you would never know. Um. Well, I, you know what? I got to be full disclosure. I don't often open my single issue package. Um, for like a few weeks because I usually go straight for the the trades or whatever. But right, so I haven't noticed. What 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 is it? They're, they did foil covers on, on this oh. this month's books, okay. and usually that doesn't get my attention. Some that that procedure, but the silver, I don't. It, the approach that they've taken on on this the uh, new era, the new age books, all look amazing. And I have to be honest, that's the only singles I get from DC right. are, are the, the New Age of Heroes books. One is nicer than the next. I mean, whatever process they're using, it's unlike what we've seen foil covers in the past, at least to my mm-hmm. eyes. It's a softer look. Um, the Bat books this the month look really sharp. The Wonder Woman looks amazing. Um, Art Germ did the Supergirl. And when you say Art Germ, that immediately lets you know that it's it's sexy as hell, right? Um, it's it's just a nice, soft, uh, metallic finish. It's not garish at all to my eyes. Mm-hmm. I think DC did a good thing with these foil covers, and um, I I'm not aware if the price was more per issue. Maybe it was by a buck. I don't I don't know, but uh, I I didn't bitch when I was ordering them, so it couldn't have been that excessive. Right, right, right. And uh, no, it just I I think visually they're they're stunning, and I, I wish they do more. Nice. Yep. It's a win for DC. I mean, yeah, it's superficial. It's just a different cover treatment, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought it was a nice addition to the to their line. That's cool. Yeah, it was neat. So what what else you got? Um, just a quick one. I mean, I've been talking about this as it's come out, but Extermination Number 4 came out, um, which is written by Ed Brisson with Pepe Lara's art. It's uh, the fourth of five issues of this mutant event, and uh, it's still a lot of fun. We, For, for those that don't remember, uh, it is basically a story where um, enough's enough, and Hank McCoy and others have finally come to the realization that they got to get these kids that Bendis brought to the, to the present like 10 years ago back to their, to their original timeline, because, you know, if they don't, the whole space time continuum is going to collapse on itself. Um, 
but Ahab shows up. Yes, the Ahab of the Mutant Massacre days. Nice. Yep, and uh, he's trying to to kill them because he wants the future to be changed. Uh, and he has two little mutant kids, little brother, sister, that when they touch somebody can turn them into hounds. And then you've got Kid Cable, which is the controversial part. Um, we've ar- we already know from solicits that a new X-Force comic is coming out um, with Dylan Burnett art, also written by Brisson, where the original X-Force team, including my girl, will be on the hunt trying to hunt down Kid Cable. Because as we as we spoiled a few weeks ago, Kid Cable comes back from the future and kills the Cable that Vince has man man crush on. Um, this is bullshit. And he contends in this issue that he that basically he he didn't murder him because he's just killing a different version of himself because his version of that version of himself had lost his way and had and had failed his mission. Blasphemy. Um, blasphemy. I know. But uh, the art's been great. Uh, Pepe just does the layouts this time. Um, and another artist, and I should, I unfortunately don't have the name handy, uh, another Italian artist does the finishes. But there's not much of a drop-off, I have to say, um, which is saying something because La Raz is amazing. Uh, but uh, it's just, like I've been saying every issue, it's, it's so far been just a, a blast for long-time mutant heads like me who read all the mutant books, and it's largely going through the motions. This has been a fun, well-paced, uh, entertaining little event that uh, is is going to reset the status quo, and I'm all for it. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty cool. How do you persevere when your favorite corner of the Marvel universe treads water for years and years? How do you keep going? Um, I mean, you you hope with each new arc or new creator that uh, it'll go back on the upswing. But after a while, don't you just, I mean, there, you never had the, the inclination to just pull out like I am done. I mean, I think, well, let's talk history lesson. I think for a lot of us, our age and, and, and for our listeners, a good chunk of our fandom was buying all of our favorite books all the time, no matter what, right? Yep, yep. Because we were completionists. And then I think to some degree we've all broken ourselves with that over the years for the most part. But I think there's still that kernel of of, of collector in us. And for me, it's always been the X-Men and the Avengers. I just can't not buy those books. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's skimming through it in five minutes because I'm not vibing on it. I'm just like, okay, here's more of that. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, but... Eh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a rational explanation for it. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's true. It's. It's. I've read hundreds of X comics that have not been great, but, but when they're great, I they're they're my favorite. Right. You know. I I was like that. I mean, I carried along that I have to keep buying this mentality, and to a certain extent, I still do mm-hmm. with Spawn. Right. Yeah. I I still I'm buy older. it. I mean, even though it's good now, there are the occasional. I don't want to get into it. There's these occasional issues that aren't good. Sure. And and I still buy it. But um, the very thought at one time of not buying Amazing Spider-Man was preposterous. Mm-hmm. And yet I've managed to shed that. And, sure. And then it, it was Swamp Thing, where it was okay for me not to buy a Swamp mm-hmm. Thing ongoing. And now I, I don't feel the need to to keep diving in 
But I'm a bit of a hypocrite because if they do manage to strike gold, and and they have in some instances when um, a series I, I no longer buy gets retooled and and it's it's great, then I lapse and I go into homework mode, and I have to go back and buy all of the the books that I didn't get, even though I didn't want them at the time they were coming out. And I, the only reason why I want them is because the newest version of it is, is great. And like, whoa, that means I got to go back and get them all. Like, that's just even weird. That That's weirder kind of, of thinking. And, and I sometimes do that. We're, we're, we're strange beasts, us, us collectors. Yes, exactly right. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah. And um, like Superman. That was very hard sure. for me not to buy Bendis' Superman. After I, I bought and read the first, I, it just it wasn't working. And so I, I'm not getting it. And that's crazy. I've, I've bought Superman forever. I will, I will carry the dap flag in his absence and say that Action Comics number 1004 was awesome. I am very much enjoying that. I, I think for me, because, you know, I've always struggled with Superman, I, I, I do think for me the the stories that where he's as much about being Clark as he is being soups. I dig those. I dig those a lot. Yep. I so talk- a- action is, is the Clark book and soups is the soups book. And, uh, I'm, I'm really, I mean, Superman's actually been pretty good too. I'm not, I'm not going to besmirch that, but, but I can see that that's not something I'm likely to stick with. As soon as an arc comes along, that just isn't vibing for me. I, I probably bounce like immediately. But uh, but this action is is definitely hitting it for me. I, I I like I like the tone of the book. I like seeing him as Clark and his interactions with real people. I, that 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 that's that seems to be my vibe. And I know for many Superman fans, that's probably their least favorite part of, of him. But but for me, that's that's what I'm looking for. All right. I I think of and talk about Superman a lot. Yes. I, I I talk about the character a lot in class as being one of the most perfect characters ever created Mm -hmm. and uh, just yesterday driving wherever i was going i thought if you really wanted to take superman out uh, like a a league of bad guys that that wanted to destroy superman forever Mm -hmm. just group a bunch of magic users together oh for sure he wouldn't be able to do anything against it and then, of course, I mean, I'm talking solo Superman book. Yeah, if you got the Justice yeah. League involved, then it would be a totally different story. But if you wanted to destroy Superman, just make the League of Magic users or something, and he, he would be powerless, right? Yeah. And that that's one of the, the, the things I don't like about the Bendis run so far mm-hmm. is the Rogel Czar character. No, me, me neither. That's, yeah. That's, it's typical. He's not in action, which is why I'm digging it. Yeah, it's it's the Zoom Doomsday template, right? Yep. Big, brawny, can yep. take a punch, uh, monster. But, I mean, if he really wanted to shake it up, he would have had a magic user in that role. Yeah, like Clary and the Witch Boy should just come and wreck Superman's shit. Seriously. Hell, even the cat could. Right. Right? Because Superman's, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a formula. What are you By the do? way, not to uh, not to retrench, but you just reminded me my my favorite bit of Heroes in Crisis Two was when uh, they were all doing trying to subdue Harley, and the lasso goes around Bruce. And uh, earlier in the scene, they were like, D- "You probably have kryptonite in your belt, bat belt." 
and he utility belt. He's like, no, I don't have kryptonite in my utility belt. And uh, then they get the lasso around him, and they're like, pull out the kryptonite. He's like, of course I have kryptonite in my utility belt. <laughs> he, it was a cool uh, bit of dialogue. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I liked it. Um, and that that issue is littered with great little bits of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of great dialogue, you caught up on Doctor Who. I am. Well, well, wait. Um, you watched the Spider one? No, uh, Rosa Parks is the last one I watched. Uh, well, the the best line of the year so far is in the Rosa Parks episode. Which was what? When the Doctor's writing on the wall with the marker. And I and mind me. I don't and Graham says, "Oh, you're not Banksy." And the doctor oh, turns yeah, yeah. to him and goes, or am I? That is yeah. brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And there's uh, more of the same in the spider episode, but it's mm-hmm. in a um, a hotel magnate who wants to run for president. And he has a deeply rooted hatred of Donald Trump. Oh, wait and, a minute now. But no, the guy's not, he's not a good guy. But anyway, oh. he just hates Trump because Trump got where he wants to be. Oh, and, and okay. he, but uh, during the interaction, somebody says mentions Trump and he goes, never say that name around me. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to bring you down, but uh, I think I'm out of the who. Dude. Come on. I gave it a shot, man. I think it's getting its, it's, it, it's, it's finding its footing now. The last two episodes have been really good. See, I, this is where I feel like I'm back to just being a guy who doesn't like the Who because I thought the Rosa Parks I- episode was rough and it seems like everybody loved it, you and Dab included. Yeah, so I, I, I just it was think great. it's just not my thing. The thing, the most important thing about the episode was that while they were witness to the event, they didn't directly influence it. Like, yes, it was Graham. Sure, it's prime directive stuff that got up, but Rosa still had. The 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 decision to sit was still hers, and I, I thought that was a, an amazing way to go about it. That just mm-hmm. it, it, history played out as it did, and and it they they were there, but they didn't directly nudge it in any direction other than clearing the path. It's the weirdest thing. I have a Pavlovian aversion to that intro music. Oh, stop! That intro music literally gives me the heebie-jeebies. Why? It's one of the greatest themes ever. No, I, I, I don't. It's Pavlovian. I, I, it, I hear it and it makes me want to run away. Oh boy! I'm not going to say it hasn't. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a quality show. I'm just saying that I've gave three episodes a try, and I think it's just not for me. I understand. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've given Red Dwarf a shot. I just don't get it. I don't. I don't see. I don't understand the accolades for that show. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, well, you're better off. Um, and and look at me with uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah, loathe it, and people love that show. So sure. I. I mean, yeah. I, I. You're just not in tune with it. It's on a different frequency. Yes, just a different frequency. What's That's the frequency, a, Kenneth? I don't know. Uh, I know it's time to bring this bad boy home. <gasps> okay. Yes. Hey, everybody. 
If you enjoyed this, please uh, check us out on the Facebooks and the Twitter and the Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash 110-O-C-L-O-C-K-C-O-M-I-C-S. There you go. And remember, if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for an eensy teensy fraction of what everybody else is paying, where do you go? You go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. The list of specials will be up very soon. If you are a first-time user, you will click that button that says specials. They'll all drop down. You'll change the for, uh, listing from 10 per screen to 100 or whatever, and you'll just scroll down the list and go, how the hell have I not been here before? These people are stealing these books. dcbservice.com. It's that good. Damn, Skippy. Yeah, in your travels. Um, wow, I'm trying. Oh, my reading for this week was almost derailed. Very, very nearly. All not, right, we're going to have tag team on this. Very, very nearly knocked off, knocked off the tracks by the arrival of the Beastie Boys book. Yes, that's my in your travels too, everybody. So we're just going to tag team. Um, in addition to a massive amount of prose by uh, Ad-Rock and Mike D. The book does, so it's in the zone, there is a comic section. But that's the one flaw I find in the book, is I think the comic section is much too slick for the Beastie Boys aesthetic. I wish they got someone, anyone... Uh, 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 underground or or indie artist to draw it. Um, Jim Mafood would have been a, been a great choice. Um, Josh Bayer, Ben Mara, anybody. But I just think it's too polished for the Beastie Boys. But that's just a tiny nit. If 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 you love the Beastie Boys, and seriously, who doesn't? These these I'm hoping they they appeal to a, a giant swath of of people and i just it's 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 tinged with sadness yes for um the loss of of mr Yauch, but uh they say that they, they repeatedly say it would have been great if he was here to do this with us but in his absence we're going to do it for him and it's just a a a, a verbal a retelling of the Beastie Boys history and it's chock full of photos and it's a massive hardcover tome that I think um, will appeal to more than just fans of the band because it, it's it's a very specific period in, in New York history and they go into that too which is awesome but it, it's amazing and I, I couldn't put it down at one point and I said this is going to blow everything out of the water for this week yep. if I keep doing this. What do, what do you think about the book? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I this was going to be my own travels too. It's uh, um, for those that it has been said in the Beastie Boys book. It, it is literally called Beastie Boys book um, by Michael Diamond, aka Mike D, and uh, Adam Horowitz, aka Ad uh, Ad Rock. Uh, it is um, 550 pages of gloriousness. Um, it's a hardcover book and it's, it's, it really defies description in the sense that it's, it, there's so much, it's, it's liner notes and photography and, 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 and a yearbook and a scrapbook and, and a historical record. And, and it, it's, it's just, this fasc- yeah, it's just this fascinating 
journey through their lives in, in, in a way that I just don't, if there've been other books like this, I haven't seen them. Um, and you know, like Vince, I know we joke a lot about our musical taste being different and they, they do differ, I think in our, in the things we most commonly listen to, but, but, uh, I, I can't over, uh, I, I can't overstate the, uh, the importance of the Beastie Boys for me, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to see them in concert six times. And, uh, you know, I think as a, as a kid born in the seventies and a, a, you know, white suburban kid who, who to this day cons- considers myself mainly a hip hop fan. Uh, the cool thing about the Beastie Boys is they started as a joke, really. I mean, you know, in the sense that, they were perceived to be a, a a joke, like oh look at these white guys trying to rap, but there really was a, a a kernel of of true artistry to them even then, and they very quickly became much more than that, and they ceased being a joke, and they started being this awesome, unique voice in hip hop and punk, and uh, jazz. and they and jazz for sure, and they 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 evolved right before our eyes. I mean, every album was totally different and, uh, uh, they were just cool dudes and they were our contemporaries. I mean, they were my age or they are my age. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this book is a special book. I mean, I think it was cool to see how many of us had pre-ordered this because you and me and, and Mario and Flippa and my buddy Ed, who's one of my college buddies that I'd go to Eagles games with. And so many of us just posted on our socials, the, uh, the arrival of the book with such anticipation that it came this week. And, uh, and and the package. I mean, I'm I'm only partway through the book. I'm, I, I leaf through the whole thing, but I'm, I'm only partway through reading it at this point. It's 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 just a treasure, and it's something that I will probably read and reread. And, and yeah. um, yeah. uh, I, I'm going to just read the par- the opening paragraph of the outro, which is a uh, congratulations. You read the entire book. It probably wasn't easy, and it certainly wasn't quick. I wish I had a golden ticket or a prize that I could give you, but I don't. Yes, we were and are some lucky ducks. We were teenagers living in a chaotic city where anything was possible and everything was okay, even when it wasn't. We were young, making music, becoming famous, then infamous, and then not so famous, making money and then losing money, making friends and losing friends, making mistakes and sometimes learning from mistakes. And through it all, we were super fortunate to somehow remain close friends. To Adam and me, Yauk was like an older brother and even more a mentor. Uh, yeah, I mean, that says it all. It's, uh, it's a beautiful lovingly created book that uh that uh is just a it's a treasure it's yep. amazing my f- um, my favorite photo so far mm-hmm. is the double uh page shot of them in black and white joking with madonna on stage when they're oh yeah that mm-hmm. that photo is amazing it's just yeah what was that their first tour yeah they're young they're giddy to be on stage with someone of the magnitude of Madonna and mm-hmm. she's got the midriff showing she's she's young and in shape and it's just it's 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 a uh, an explosion of youth just the giddiness of youth and yeah. and a bunch of artists that yes I I will say this were really really good at what they did yeah and you know um whether you're a no matter what kind of music you're into I think that the awesome thing about music that we all agree regardless of whether we like the same music is that it has this ability to transport you back in time. Yep. Uh, and for me, uh, even just here talking about this, I mean, the Beasties were one of those seminal groups for me where I think back and I can immediately, am, I'm flooded with memories of high school 
and college and after college. And uh, yeah, I mean, they were just huge moments in my life. And I probably have told the story on the air before. Um, but my my most notable Beastie Boys story would be that uh, when I was in college, uh, I was in a car accident where an 18 wheeler fell asleep at the wheel and hit our, our car. A friend of mine was driving. I was in the back seat. And, uh, you know, we were hospitalized and my jaw was shattered. And, um, you know, it was all fine, whatever. I, I had my jaw wired for two months, but it was fine after that. But, but literally the week that I got my jaw unwired, I went to Dublin for spring break because one of my best friends, Craig, uh, was studying abroad at, uh, at UCD, University College Dublin. And so I went there for spring break and the Beasties happened to be performing in Dublin that week. So we went and it was a small little show. It was awesome. It was, you know, probably 500 people tops. Uh, and I was in the middle of the pit and I got flat drop kicked by someone that was, uh, that was surfing on the top of us. And, and I mean, literally drop kicked where, where they like swung kicked and it hit my jaw and I went flying back. And I, I sat there and I thought they probably just reshattered my jaw, like in the middle of Europe, you know, I'm a broke ass kid. Luckily it was fine. But, uh, but, you know, just talk about the, the the dumbness of youth. I mean, rather than like going to a clinic and seeing if I was okay, uh, I was still able to move my jaw. So I just jumped back in the pit and finished <laughs> out the concert. It's the way to do and, it. Uh, it was a great night and, and um, one of those magical nights I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, man. Um, and before we go, I do have one more announcement. And that is our good friend and another EOC family member from the, from the OG days, Mr. Stephen Wooder. It has officially announced the 2018 version of the EOC gift exchange. And for those of you new to the show, uh, Stephen organizes this every year. It's very simple. If you, if you want to sign up, you um, will be assigned by Stephen, another member of the signups, to provide a gift to. And someone will be given your name to provide you a gift and it is a hell of a lot of fun, and it's a lot of logistical work, but Stephen does it with love, and uh, I'm a huge mark for the Christmas season, and I love that he does it, and I will participate. And if you would like to participate, you can go onto the Facebooks, and there will be a post from Stephen, or you can email EOC Exchange, so E-O-C-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E at yahoo.com. So EOC Exchange at yahoo.com. And you can offer up your services and your willing participation. And this year, there's an extra little kicker um, where Stephen is asking, and I think we all thought it was a great idea, that um, you consider, you don't have to, you can participate without it, but you consider, if you're going to participate, making a $5 donation to the van, which is the awesome on the streets, man on the streets charity that our good friend Caleb uh, McKinsey Alexander uh, uh, is a is a part of, um, and so there will be details on that as well. And again, you don't have to commit to giving to the van to do the gift exchange, but we're just trying to you know do it all Karetsu style and have it all connected. But uh, but either way, check it out; it's a lot of fun. You know, we'd have usually what at least north of probably. 60, 70 people do this, I would say. Yeah, yeah at, least, at least, right? Right. Yeah, at least. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's great. We all go on we go on the, the, the Facebooks and the Twitters, and we share what, what we got from each other, and uh, it's it's a blast. So It sure is. Yep. yep. 
So uh, you shaving this month or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, my work doesn't allow me to go unkempt, but, uh, um, I mean, as you know, I have, I've had a beard for a decade. I, I don't not, ha- I don't not have a beard, so I will have a beard, but yes, I have to keep it trimmed, unfortunately. Damn. You're going full. I think so. Grizzly Adams? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how was, how was, uh, how, how was the, um, I know you were super excited about your class this year that the kids were like a good bunch are they are they still living up to that hype yeah still still a good i mean they're they're all very talented but now i'm finding the the character the the personality traits are starting to leak out a little bit like i have one girl that just if if you give her an assignment she doesn't want to draw she'll just say i don't want to draw that and i'll be and i'll be like okay sweetheart but uh, i won't say sweetheart Uh, uh i'm the client you're the artist. You need to appease me. If you don't draw that, you ain't getting paid. So we eventually we eventually come to uh, some kind of uh, mutually beneficial agreement. And uh, like I'll tweak the the assignment for her to get her in a zone that uh, it's still keeping the germ of the assignment, but I'll just tweak it slightly to get her to at least participate. But I mean, right. it, it's personalities are, are so different and. Uh, <laughs> No, really, I have some that are so laid back, you can throw anything at them, you get gold back, and others are just, they, they, they need to put their personal stamp on it. And that's okay, that's cool, you know, I can work with that. Sure. Yeah, but I gave them a treat. Uh, last class, we watched Mad Max Fury Road while we were working out our, our character. Uh, we're, we're doing character design now. So I want them to have the story in their in their minds rock solid. They should know this character as if it was sitting next to them. Right. You know, and so yeah. we're, we're working out story details and, and backstory and character uh, traits and stuff and, and Mad Max Fury Roads on the big, massive projection screen. So oh, awesome. We, we had a good time. Yeah. Do you remember what our book of the month is? <laughs> You're asking me? Dude, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I'll have to dab next week. Yeah. Um, in fact, I guess we probably haven't even voted on it yet. I don't think so. I don't even think we have a list. Uh, I did receive the Junji Ito Frankenstein in my box. Is that uh, Am I going to enjoy that? Are you going to... What? Yeah. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. I'm, mine's coming in my box, too. Oh, nice. Um, and um, Am I going to enjoy Ito? <laughs> Is chocolate have, good? In addition to our book of the month uh, that will be coming in a few weeks, we have... Um, a theme episode this month yeah. that we have to schedule. Uh, all ages comics. Yep. Vince's favorite. He's yeah, super I'm, excited. He's going to lead the way. I'm I'm giddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I may be carrying the, uh, the I think so the bulk of the load there, but I've got a bunch, so we're, we should be good. Uh, when I think back, and and you were right to to cite that that one um, area of Facebook as being rife with examples of. Uh, Really good all ages books. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking Zot qualifies. Save it for the show, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody. Whoa! Did we have a good time this week? And we're glad you were here with so. us. I think we did. Uh, if you would like more of the same, plus one, because Dippity Dap will be back next episode, hopefully. Uh, Little Dap will do you. Um, come back next time, and we'll all be together. And we'll have uh, more of the same. So say goodnight. <laughs> I'm hearing clicks. You can't even pay attention long enough <laughs> to do a... St- David. 
Dude, I'm totally paying attention. When have you not had my undivided attention this evening? I hear clickies in the back. Good night. Uh, you, you, there's no way you're going to get it. Absolutely. No way. Click, 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 oh. click. <laughs> David. Porn, 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 porn. Stock numbers, porn, porn, porn. <laughs> uh, we love you so much. Come back. We'll be here. Peace and love. Yes, and hopefully I ordered the previews catalog this month and I'll be able to do a damn video for the patrons. Yeah, you were getting some heat? I'm stupid. I'm not going to doubt it. I deny it. I was. I just Now it's on my, my pull list. I'll get the damn previews every time now. I know. I'm... I'm I liked getting the video done like in the first few days of the month, so I'm going to try and do that again. Yep. Mine's going to be Conan, 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 Conan. Conan. Oh, I know. Yeah. There's a close-up image of uh, Conan screaming, and Mahmoud draws like the saliva that would be there if you were. Mm. It's 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 brilliant. It's yeah. like really, dude, you drew the saliva. You know, um, I said to you and uh, off the record, I said love Mahmoud. I think Mahmoud's great. But I don't know about Conan, you know, I I, I don't know, because I, I, his X-Men stuff is beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, every all the superhero work that he does is great, but I don't, I don't, I don't know about Conan, I've never seen him work in that, in that, that realm, and sure enough, I look at the, the preview pages and I'm like, hot damn, never doubt Mahmoud, never. Yep. Man knows what's up. He's awesome. So uh, join us, we're out of here. Miss you, Dad. See you all Sunday. Bye.